Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. This is Rebel Guru Radio, episode 20. This is Rebel Guru Radio with best-selling spiritual author Eric Pepin. If you like this podcast, please subscribe on iTunes and leave a positive review to help others like yourself find this knowledge. For all of the resources mentioned in this episode, check out our show notes at rebelgururadio.com forward slash episode 20. In this episode, Eric Pepin discusses the spiritual implications of living in a simulated reality. Continuing the discussion from episode 14, Eric brings amazing insights on the planes of light and breaking free of the matrix. Then we'll delve into deeper understanding of ancient teachings, words of wisdom from the great yogis and mystics, and the true meaning of yantras. Unravel the latest science to find more truth on your spiritual path. Enjoy! In our previous episodes, Uh we've talked about simulated reality and we've Uh brought up the topic of Elon Musk and how... Uh You know, it's kind of a a buzz on the internet that he believes Uh we're living in a simulated reality. Uh Recently, we've now seen more articles come out where they talk about billionaires who claim that they're going to try to break us free. Hack it, yeah. You know, break free from the matrix. So, just putting it out there, is it possible for somebody who hasn't developed psychic abilities to actually break free of the matrix. I don't know if I like to classify things as a psychic ability. It's become such a um, overused word in such a cheesy way that I, I just kind of cringe when I hear it because it just reminds me of kind of, you know, your parlor room psychics or psychic this, psychic that. But, I mean, I suppose there's not a better name for it. But, um, you know, my my answer to that is, is that... Um, anything is certainly possible okay and i think that perhaps this venture is going to be in a way kind of good and interesting as i've said before i believe that there will be technologies that will be developed that will amplify or assist those who've developed their consciousness or aka psychic abilities if you will or such um, so I think that it could be at least a catalyst to, to that direction. I think it's going to be more of a combination of both or a, a one-off just spiritually, psychically. Um, you know, you've got to think about it a little bit differently because if we say we're in a simulated reality, let's just run with that, okay, then pretty much anything you f- you, we, we would create, manifest technologically-wise, anything, okay, is still governed by whatever the main mechanism is creating the reality. 
So it's not like it's not going to know. It's not like it's not going to have safety features to adapt to make it faulty. Um, it's, it's something that, that if we escape from it, what is the whole point of it? So, of course, it's not going to want that to necessarily happen. But the, the one thing that I think is absolutely true is that in itself, it is trying to allow what we'll call humans or other intelligences to have self-awareness. And therefore, if we have self-awareness, the one thing that I think would be the ultimate thing to escape this simulated reality, or at least to, to move maybe somewhat beyond it, is through the mind. It is through consciousness. So I can see the amplification with various technologies, but like anything else, I mean, there are circuit boards that we build. We don't know why they work. They just work. And it's bizarre. It's like one of these bizarre science things. And I think that there's other things that should work that just don't work. Okay. When you think about the, the split test that I've lectured on quite a bit, we know that when we observe uh, the split test, it, it doesn't do what, what it was doing when we were not looking. When we're not looking, it, it reacts. It does something completely different. So consciously trying to create something for the purpose of escaping the one thing that it, it doesn't want us to escape because it needs us to be running these patterns, okay, seems to me that it's going to be a very tough task to do. Um, so I would, again, say nothing is impossible, but on the same token, I, I think that it's always going to come back to, to consciousness, the mind, deep states of, of trance, if you will, and operating with non-thought uh, as an intelligence. Yeah, I'm not sure when you created the module, but you mentioned very much what's happening now in Unveiled. How many what, years ago was that now? That's, uh, I'm guessing maybe 10 to 15. Over a decade ago, yeah. Yeah. Not, yeah. But you know, you had mentioned where people will try to escape the matrix and in doing so create amazing simulations. Yep. But in time, they'll realize that it's a means to an end mm. and that they really need to develop their mind. Right. Their they're, they're, it's, it's, the system, I look, look, we think we're intelligent. We're not all that intelligent. I mean, I, I hate to pay, pop our bubble, but you know, it's, it's like this. I mean, it would only make sense to create another simulated reality to let us believe that we've escaped the simulated reality. And I, you know, that's kind of what I'm alluding to. I always feel like, you know, I got to be careful what I say because, you know, you don't want to turn people off, you know, if you say certain things. And it's just a matter of whether they're, they're ready to understand those things. So. So could you briefly explain what you refer to as code, the matrix? Well, code is like anything else. It's the organizational properties that creates the structure by what we perceive reality to be. And I think everybody's reality can be a little bit different and we're just not aware of it. And I think that with different species of animals and such, I think their reality perception is different than ours. Hence their sense of smell. Hence, you know, uh, synthesis or whatever when, when you know, your smell becomes a color and you see the color but you can smell it and yada, yada, yada. So I, I think that there is a limitation of what we perceive, but the code is everywhere and it's also n invisible in a lot of ways. So... One of the things that somebody wrote in, and they said, you know, I cannot comprehend God as a big computer. I sure. I cannot identify with computer code. I understand that everything may be an illusion, but when the Eastern mystics, yogis, gurus speak of self-realization, mm -hmm. they never really mention binary code. Mm -hmm. They provoked each person to find their own self. And right. They described it as, you know, true self, love, peace, etc. And she goes on to say, 
computer code is just something I, I cannot emotionally accept at this moment. Mm -hmm. You know, is it really computer code underneath it all? And why do I, <laughs> why do I feel this? Um, I, I mean, you know, people sometimes say, oh, you know, I can't get into your teachings because you're so arrogant or, you know, whatnot. And, and, you know, here's one of those things. This is, puts me in a situation where do I say what I really think, which I think is liberating for some people, or do I curtail that and try to make that person feel more comfortable with what they can comprehend at this point? And, you know, the arrogance comes in, I'll be saying it's because I don't think other people can understand it or they're not ready for this or not. And I, you know, th this has nothing to do with arrogance. It's, it's, it's just being a teacher saying, you know, each person's really ready for, for different things to comprehend it, okay? If we look at the essential laws of physics as we understand it, okay, that everything follows a, a order of principles to a certain degree, and we're still learning it, is that not a form of computer code itself? Isn't that not a set of rules that maintains our reality to, to be functional for us? That it is a, a set of invisible rules that everything is applied to, okay? To me, that also is a level of code, depending on how you want to look at it, okay? So behind that law of physics, what maintains that law of physics or what culminates for that effect to happen for whether it be gravitation, the speed of light, whatever, you know, thermal dynamics or whatever, you know, it's still more numbers or more rules that things follow. Now, the big leap for people is, is that when they use the word computer, Okay, this is this is our thinking again, and it, it makes us invoke these images of a of a box or a computer room with all these things running like a big IBM lab or something. It is so beyond typical human comprehension. It's like taking a jet and trying to have prehistoric man understand what that is. And it's it's you know, I think it's just ignorant to 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 assume that that you know, that you really can grasp all that. Sometimes it's just better not to approach something, you know, it's better to just leave it vague. It's like, you know, trying to explain something the you know, the, 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 the perils of life to a child. I mean, it's just, it's just no point to it. You got to just explain it in a way that you can have them understand something that's approachable for them, unless they become so fearful that they, they don't, they stop existing. They stop going outside of their home. Okay. So when, you know, they talk about, Buddhist masters and 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 uh, let's say whether it be you know uh, Hinduism or whatever, I, I don't think that's true at all. That's a very surface statement that that person just made about they don't talk about these things. They absolutely do talk about them. If you look at any Yantra or Mandela or any of these things, these are are probably the closest thing to a person who doesn't understand what computer code is. Just because they're enlightened doesn't mean they they get it. Okay, and it is an organizational structure of what would be deemed maybe light, okay? And as I've said before, you're talking about something that would be three-dimensional or beyond three dimensions in their mind, but they have the, only the means technologically wise and probably the artistic skill to make it two-dimensional. So they, they show these structures and then other people who haven't attained that, who are learning from whomever, start tiling symbolism that we can relate to, which is becomes all these different pictorial images of Buddhist monks meditating in these Mandela's. But look at the structures, look at the patterns. Those patterns are in the sense computer code. So as far as I'm concerned, they absolutely understood it. They just didn't call it computer code and maybe they didn't think of it that way. But 
I assure you, they understood that this was the construct and basis for creation reality. And that is what they were trying to, to transcribe when they go from these deep states of mind and, and have to manifest this in a way to show another person who's not capable of going to those deep states of mind. So do you think that people, when they start to internalize, you know, everything is a, a simulation that they, mm -hmm. they become, when they become fearful, mm -hmm. is it really their fear or is it in a sense a reaction from the guy in mind that keeps them well, I wouldn't say the guy in mind. Let's just call it okay. the, the, the mainframe system, if you will. Mm -hmm. And it's a very good question. And I would say it's both. I mean, we're, we're rooted with certain instincts. Why would those instincts be limited to a handful of things? There are probably things still so complex that we don't even are aware of. So we, we have an instinct for survival and anything that threatens that sense of survival, you know, we're either going to, to withdraw or deny or whatever it takes to kind of keep us on the thing. Look, if we're in a simulation, we have to run a series of patterns is whatever it is. There's got to be more than likely what, what, what are we evolving to? What is it? It's, it's, it's like I always say, it's like watching hurricane storms on a computer. It goes over hundreds, if not thousands, if not more different kind of scenarios to see what that storm will do. How far inland will it go? We change the temperature by a degree. Does it, does it go only on the coast? Does it go in further? Does it, you know, what trajectory does it take? Does it intensify? Does it, does it slow down? And these are millions of different variables that it's observed to see what these patterns do, okay? We see ourselves in a three-dimensional way, but if we were to see ourselves in a, a numerical pattern and just added patterns to it, okay, we'd look a lot like Mandela's, okay? It's, it's, it's structures that are not necessarily chaotic. It's organized, and it's, it's constantly changing, but in organized ways. So, in essence, it needs us to not be aware that, that there's a, an awareness to what it's doing, it means it would change our patterns, okay? It means that what, what good is it if now they're not really operating on a level that, that, that is, is unique to the situation? They're, 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 they're adapting their thinking, which makes it less functional for the purpose that it's doing. So it, of course, when we say autocorrecting computer coding, okay, where the computer does something that there's a glitch of something, something runs it, it will figure out what it should be. It's like rebooting it really fast, but on a micro level, and it, it makes it so it resets, so it goes to the pattern of what it needs it to do to see what that outcome could be. So yeah, there's absolutely an interwoving sense of autocorrecting uh, or putting fear, if you will, into to pushing too hard on the one thing that's running everything. I, I often say is that, you know, this is the same law. You can, you, you can take the same logic to say, why don't we interfere with, with tribal, uh, uh, you know, Amazonian tribes, okay? We, we, we don't want, we want to study it. We don't want them to know we're studying it because as soon as we do, they start functioning and adapting and changing their culture. Whereas we're advanced enough to know that if we could watch them, that maybe in their their day-to-day -day life that we we see something that we ourselves never thought of. It's 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 something we just garnered knowledge. It could be whether some plant use they use to to cure some disease that we didn't even know could do that. Or it could be an instrument that we hadn't thought of or, or considered, okay? And, you know, you take that and it might look primal, but to anybody who's got an intellect, you, you start running ideas of our technology into that concept, and it could be something amazing, 
Okay, so they're through observations, sociologically, life-to-life uh, uh, -life on, on tools and stuff. There's so many levels of, of information that can be, can be taken. How do we adjust to the environment, that kind of environment? What do they do to tolerate it? What, it, you know, what happens biologically to their bodies through evolution due to the plant lives that are eating? Is there any different adaptation in their body? Okay, so on a grander scale, this is what a simulated reality more than likely is doing. Okay. And it could be from extreme levels to war, to how we're dealing with climate change and whether we're ignoring it. Okay. Or whether we're, 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 you know, whatever. So there, there's a ton of stuff. So the second we start to become aware of that, just like the, the primitives, if they become aware of it, they all of a sudden stop their normal habit and it's now altered and it, it's going to either start mimicking us, which we already know everything about us, or we think we do anyway. So, you know, it is what it is. So it's a yes and no kind of thing. I often say also that it is the spiritualist person is the one that's really thinking off the grid. It is, that is the white cell. And we are, are in a sense, becoming conscious of it, but I believe that we have a, a dual purpose. This is what I was saying in last night's lecture to, to people is that what I think is, is that white cells inherently are, are, are dialed more into the simulated reality. We call it other dimensions. We call it spiritual realms. We call it uh, uh, dimensions, whatever you want to call it. But it's really the same thing. You can call it whatever you want, but when you really start to dissect it, it comes down to a simulated reality. Okay. And in essence, in order to change certain things, I think it utilizes structures within the program, which would be the best way to do that for some things, not all things. And we are the most likely dialed in to have that effect. And, and that's what I stand by. So when somebody has worked on their consciousness, you know, in a sense, we've worked on your teachings. Mm. If they internalize the simulated reality, and, and really start to notice the truth of it. It's, it's as if the, the matrix or grid, whatever you want to call it, doesn't know how to react to that person. Mm. So it kind of feels unstable. Is it, are you saying that beyond that, if somebody can, cannot become fearful, that it actually resets their, their patterns, resets their program? Um, I'm not sure if I would word it that way. What, I would say is is that most people who do spiritual things there is a a a error correcting code and I don't really think it's error I think we're we're doing the right thing but it it makes their life more mundane and and then all of a sudden they they forget to pursue their spiritual path because other stuff seems to come up from nowhere that's very grounding okay and the person who if learns correctly, the idea is to have one foot in, one foot out, but but create a kind of balance. And you have to acknowledge your your organic or your physical life as much as your spiritual, okay? And everybody talks about this, but here's here's another way of looking at it. And it's getting that aha in your head that you have to develop a level of non-thought to function in this simulated higher level, if you will. Okay, and be able to exist there without being too slammed in your organic life to have that error correcting code want to ramp you down because you're getting too conscious, too aware. Okay, so it is a, a state of mind. It's very complex, and you know I, I do teach this and other stuff, but it, you know we're talking hours and hours of teaching. So 
in, in, in essence, you're, you're learning to adapt your consciousness to be at peace with what you are revealing to yourself. You gotta get that, that fear factor under control and your brain has to be flexible enough to kind of accept the situation and elevate to that level of that new reality. And so this takes a lot of self-control. This is what I was saying again last night, which is parallel in a lot of this, but the, the fear of death has always been a mainframe in many spiritual uh, centers. And you have, to, you have to get past your fear of death. You have to go through this death cycle of thinking. It doesn't mean you literally die, but you have to be like really at peace with that because that's what people are facing. The reason why they're having fear is because when you think about simulated reality, it's, it's like saying, well, what is my life? What is my existence? What is all this? So that's what's going to bring you back down is that fear. But if you can get past that, that is liberation and spirituality. That means you're transcending past it. What does the hell does that mean, transcending past it? It means that you're starting to understand reality on a much broader level, okay? So it's it's multifaceted. And the only way to do that, this is why spiritual circles always talk about, you know, uh, mindfulness, and it also talks about detachment. I mean, what if we got it wrong a little bit? What if it wasn't just about, you know, not having expensive things for detachment? And like, what if it was on a much broader level? What if, what if that's what they were trying to say? And maybe they were doing baby talk to us years ago, the spiritual masters, because we couldn't understand anything grander than that. Okay, so this is why I say all spiritual stuff I think is upside down in the first place. I think that that's why most people aren't able to achieve highest levels of consciousness. It's because all these people have, have watered down the, the real truth of teachings. So in, in essence, blah, 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 blah. So what would you recommend people uh, detaching from? You said expensive things, but can you, can you give it I, I don't think that, that there's anything wrong with, with making a lot of money or, or if you choose not to. It's a matter, of course, what I've always said is what you choose to do with it. Are you helping your fellow man? Are you purchasing it? But forget all of that, okay? It, it's, it's, it's a little bit maybe simpler than that and more complex than that. For instance, last night we had a, a person, you were watching, I'm presuming, and you know she's been practicing the teachings for a while now and she's like look and she's very serious very honest she you know she's got a lot of credibility in my book and she's talking about using the technique she says i got to the point where i could see the sideways rain which is basically what i call the true reality canvas it's what what our whole reality is painted on okay and you get past that you can physically with your eyes see the sideways rain i don't know if you yourself have gotten there i believe so yes you're nodding so you, you gotta let the people know that you're nodding and she was saying that there was also where she's at the point now where she can look at the wall and she can see the wall bending and moving, okay, which I also have a lot of students who are do, be able to do now. And she says not only that, but it started to look like layered, like it's like cards from the side, okay? And she was asking me what that is and I was explaining it to her. But here's the point of, of these exercises. It's, it's one thing to conceive it in your imagination. Okay, it's another when you are able to see this happening in front of you. It's more real than real then, okay? Your mind has two choices. Either snap and say, I'm not dealing with this ever again, or it looks at it and it is able to accept that as another form of reality. So your, your brain is building new neurons. It's built, well, new, new, neural paths, okay? It's adapting. And so what that's doing is, is it's helping her elevate to a higher level of spirituality because she's got one foot in our reality and one in the other, and the other one's now making more operational sense. 
it's starting it's going to be to the point where she can enter those places for longer amounts of times and see and experience more profound things okay that is the point of it so we've actually had recently and, and more so mm -hmm. after your your red curtain um, broadcast people calling in and saying that they've been having more major phenomena yeah um, so why do you think it is recently now that people are not just having experiences like seeing auras but literally seeing like potentially things disappearing in yeah. front of them why is that true happen? phenomenon true true, true right, and, right. I, and we have a lot of people because right. and and you know then again you know i'll get hit with the ego thing but i think a lot of people got a f bunch of fluff bs phenomena they say experience and then we have people who legitimately are having mm -hmm. really insane stuff happening and why do i think that is i think we're at a transitional point in 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 time I, when you look at, um, you know, artificial intelligence, quantum computers, technology is hand in hand with spirituality. Spirituality is still technology. Uh, magic's only magic until you understand how it works. Then all of a sudden it takes on fundamental laws that you can manipulate, okay? So the, the point is, is that as we keep reaching what I call epochs level, the majority of people are starting to understand. And the, 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 the fastest way to gain an ability to affect something is your level of belief or not belief. If you don't really believe something's possible, it's almost like you cannot, on a quantum level, affect anything. The second that you strip mine any doubt from you and it becomes a real truth, okay, all of a sudden you are able to affect reality to some degree and it can escalate in levels. So. I think that because we are now really looking at simulated reality and we're like, holy shit, this is feasible. This is something that that's starting to manifest. We're, we're starting to understand more through through science, the realms of, of, of energy and frequency and dimensions and parallel dimensions. I mean, there's always some new article now talking about other dimensions and parallel dimensions. And, and now we're looking at other worlds and more. It's it's becoming more real. This is a manifestation into our reality, or better yet, if we're in a simulated reality, then a portion of that simulated reality, without doubt, is what we manifest as a collective, the human race, okay, of what our minds will believe, and that starts to manifest through the computer code, if you will, like, like a reality changing, or what we technologically can and can't do. So, I feel like this relates to some images that we'll see uh, where you have a meditating person and then you'll have like a, a beam of light coming from them that stretches yeah. above their head, below their body. Yeah. Is this kind of what you're referring to in the sense of like programming code or how does this relate to simulated reality? Well, I'm not quite sure. Rephrase your question, what you're asking. So I think the normal depiction of that image is maybe that's their soul, their middle pillar, you know, things that you've maybe discussed in other right. modules. But now that we're taking simulated reality into effect, right. Can you put a little bit more emphasis on that? I think, again, I covered a little bit of this last night in, in the class, but look, we want to always put a visual representation on things. And, you know, so I want to put it out there that what, what we try to describe is simply a marker, a reference point for your mind to start bridging new ideas. It doesn't mean that it's exactly this way or that way. It's just that we're in a three-dimensional position, let's say, and that's how we have to conceive to bridge that that process of thinking, okay? 
And when I talk, I'm talking to many people, people who are just becoming aware of this and people who are probably much further along, which is another thing that kills me. Somebody will say, oh, I read all your books, but it bored me because I knew all that stuff. And I'm like, well, then you haven't read all the other books. I mean, you get, did you take the first grade class books, the, the sixth grade class, the college or the, the you know, you don't, you, anyway. So the, the point is, is that when I describe the, the body, I believe that consciousness is has to be held together and when you leave in an organic level you have to have data which is a lot your thoughts your memories are all like like computer numbers in a specific kind of combination change that combination your memories change your thoughts change your feelings will change okay so we have a certain order and it's relatively maintained and it's slowly changing as we call life and aging and all these things. And, and we're adding experiences to it so it adapts and changes this code, okay? But for the most part, that code or that frequency, that radio station that, that you tune to is your identity and it's very complex, okay? When you die or you cease, I believe the computer code can, can it dissembles, okay? Like I often say it's like like smoke in the air and, and the wind blows and it just is separated, but it's all made out of little particles if you think about it. But that was you and it'll never be you again because it doesn't get reassembled. You need a vessel, okay, is what we think of a vessel, or you need a source of energy that is containing them in a certain order. It's maintaining it, okay? And if you can do that as you move past the organic barriers or, or, or structure that it's contained in currently, okay, then you can exist outside of this self that you, you perceive yourself as. And I call that a spiritual body or an energy body. But a, a body is still a container. A soul is still containing within it the data. It's, it's a vessel in order that has the ability to move through spatial time, if you will, as energy versus us organically having to get up and move and it just stays within us. Do you see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So I don't know if that answers your, your question or not. So when we talk about different levels of the body, causal energy, you know, uh, physical energy, these are different kinds of bodies. And as I always said, the real you exists in your chest if you had to do a, a, a location. And we teach people to feel that and for it to answer questions, it's like, holy shit, this isn't like, I hate new age stuff. I'm like, look, what I'm saying is real. I mean, you can test it. It's, it's flipping real and you, it's undeniable. It's not like a made up feeling. So. so when you were saying that and in, in internalizing it, when you're kind of breaking apart the code, it, it really feels like there's more of a sense of a connection with the force where when we take simulated reality into effect, sometimes there feels like a disconnect. Like you're like, where is God in the whole, you know, grand scheme of scheme of things? Right. Um, well, my, my feelings and I, like I said, I've addressed all of this before and probably more in depth, but. I mean, the second we think of simulated reality, you got to understand how the human brain thinks. Anything that you don't really know too much, in our mind we're scrambling for references in us that we can say it's like this, it's like that, and we start building a concept or an idea based on that, okay? When we think of simulated reality, I tell you it's no different than when we say other dimensions, other you know frequencies, other realms that spirits exist in and stuff. It's still doesn't make any difference. It's still governed by the laws of physics or a physics for that dimension. Those are rules. Rules is a is a energy that really controls kind of how things will work and what options we have are based within it, not outside of it. Okay. So 
that to me is a computer code that's everywhere. It's everywhere. It's in this room. It's, it's, it's controlling light. It's controlling breath. It's controlling everything. Okay. So when one says simulated reality, I just think it's, it's, it's a new word that we want to think of, oh, well, that's us controlling a computer program. So when we call simulated reality, no, we're, it's just a better word that the majority of people can relate to. Although when we start to realize that it has a greater level of control and maybe there's something behind the laws of physics pulling the strings, we call that the force. We call that the dark side. We call that other beings. We call those ancients flowing around. Well, those could be all subculture kind of programs doing their things. Call it whatever the hell you want. It doesn't change anything, but we do need to adapt to keep peeling away and getting rid of the, the, the images of what we think something is, we want the truth. And the more pure level that we can get to it, the more that we can, can get closer to working with it or to grow ourselves beyond it. So truth, truth is very important. And a lot of people aren't ready for truth. They say they are, but they're not. So can you relate more so the connection of the sixth sense, the chess center, programming reality, and tied into simulated reality, you know, mm -hmm. or this trying to make that connection. You know, you have your your teachings from the past, let's say, decade, yep. which you say relate to everything that you're saying now. Hundred percent. How, 100%. how yep. can we tie those in and, and maybe get that aha moment? Well, I, as I've said before, every paranormal event, if you were to look at it more scientifically, before we started to understand simulated reality and all of these things that start coming into pop culture and stuff, they were mystical things. They were, were things that were of, of a mystical value, okay? But always in the back of almost, especially anybody in HBI, we have this like intellectual doubter, this, 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 I, I like to say that we're rather intelligent people or scientific or, or to that level. And so it's never quite sat with us very well. Okay. When you think of all psychic abilities, when you think of all paranormal events, whether you think about spirits or ghosts or hauntings, okay. At the end of the day, this all didn't have a real place, not too much at least, okay, in science. And so that was kind of like, okay, we just got to wait for them to catch up. Well, my answer is, hello, they've caught up. And this is the beginning of that. And that's what we're going to see in, in the next decade, okay, that, that all of this phenomena is, makes pure logic when you approach it from a simulated reality. Okay. If you were in a simulated reality and you didn't know you were in a simulated reality and it was a hundred years from now and you didn't understand the things and, a, and a, uh, an object moves across a table or a wall, you can see through it for a moment would be terrifying. Okay. And it would become spooky and it would become entities. If you've seen a person walk through a room and then go through, through, through a wall, it's a ghost of spirit. But when you think of simulated realities and you think, okay, there are other programs running that are probably layered that we're not in that exact frequency. It's like layered on top of our frequency or below that they somehow cross a little bit. All of a sudden you go, oh my God, we're seeing another dimension and we're optically able to observe it. And that's why they don't see us. Uh, they're just moving to go through what looks like a door to them, but it's not a door for us. It makes perfect sense in a simulated reality sense. That's a huge progression for the development of, of being able to tap that. Okay. So psychic ability is to say that you are now utilizing a tool, a, 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 another sense, as I used to say in the old days, it's the tool to find God. In other words, it's the tool to bend reality 
so that you can lift the, the lid of these other realities and see them and, and at some point integrate and communicate. And instead of our having one reality and there's another reality, another reality, these realities all become closer to becoming all one reality, if you really think about it. Okay? It's just how how we choose to perceive it. We choose our own separation. Okay? So all psychic abilities are are bridging tools that are more able to interpret, just like your senses interpret reality for us, okay? are more acutely tuned to start interpreting other dimensions, other spaces, other frequencies, other phenomena, if you will, that are still occupying the space we're in. If you were deaf, you may not know there was somebody moving around you. If you were blind, you may not know somebody was around you. You need senses to define that. There are things happening all around us. You need to refine the senses that are able to, to inform you of that. So that's what, what psychic phenomena is. And it's taken on this whole bubblegum bullshit thing and all these bullshit books that come out and all this other crap. And I think they just mislead people. Okay. Um, you know, so, so everything spiritual, if you look at it in a simulator, it's really an integration to this other place. And your mind, because you, you may doubt the quality of your experience, starts to, to conform that and limit your ability to, to continuously open that up. And then other people may argue, well, when you do drugs and everything, you see all these things. Yeah, but when you do that, it's like doing something that you're drunk. And then all of a sudden, you, you only remember bits and pieces and the rest are blacked out. We're talking no drugs now. We're talking integration on a level that you walk back with all the information you had, which advances you rather than limits you and only gives you a tiny portion of it. And never mind that, but it doesn't damage the, your neurons and your brain and shit from over frying them. So... But... Would you say that the people that call in about phenomena they've been having, like the real phenomena that we mentioned earlier, yeah. is that them writing the program or is that them being more mindful, more aware of glitches? It's a case-by-case case situation. Mm -hmm. You have some people that are actually um, integrating with the phenomenon, okay, or causing the phenomenon, okay? And you have other people who are witnessing phenomena because they're, they're starting to pay more attention to this higher sensory and they're they're able then to detect it or sense it or or whatnot so it's it's kind of both what would be your take on the the planes of light is that mm -hmm. something that came before the concept of simulated reality something within this it is a, it, it's still it's still all within it's just a matter of think about it this way think about everything i said about the planes everybody you know some people spiritual people talk about the plane how do you explain to people about being in a simulated reality and having swaths of information or data or other programs running and being able to integrate with those programs. We call them other dimensions. And as soon as you say that, we think about completely other worlds. Although the vast majority of people have never done that. They just assume there's a level of, of truth to that or logic, okay? When you think about a computer system, okay? And this is, again, what I was saying last night. We look at a computer screen we're talking in a, a video conference, okay? And you begin to just assume that that person's right in front of you, when the truth is they're not in front of you really at all. It's, it's something projected to you, and they're somewhere across the other side of the world or the other side of the state, okay? In the meantime, I'm running uh, antivirus programs in the back, Microsoft Word in the back, I'm running some other shit in the background and everything. Are any of those things less functioning because I'm not paying conscious attention to them? So they're still going on, okay? 
if you were to not think in an organic terms, okay, or you were able to plug a thing in the back of your head like the 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 uh, matrix, okay, and plug into the computer, how would you interpretate all the electricity and information and data moving around? You're not going to see them as people like in the movie the the, the matrix. You're not going to see you you. How do you define or describe that? How do you describe swaths of, of information when it's computing? It may, if we, we easily will think in terms of light and dark, okay? So let's talk that way. That's still an interpretation. You will see what is a collective of light building, and you know that that's a mass of something because it's illuminating more. This is laws of physics, if you will, to some degree. And you will see light moving away from you and coming at you. You may see it fan out. You may see, and the whole place may have an illumination that's so bright that you can't see anything in it if you were looking with human eyes. But if you were to look at it in a different way, you could see all these other things moving around. How do you describe all of that? I would describe it as the planes of light. It's an operational point. It's like saying that there's, there's railroads, okay, and they go across the nation, but you have hubs where they will all intersect and you can switch trains, move cargo to the other train, and then they go in. So these are hubs, and I've talked about this in certain ways. Well, this is the, the big hub. This is, this is something, and something is governing and organizing the traffic inside of that area. So this is where you get into micro-macro. Because within any light density in that place, there's a whole nother construct of information going on there. So if you were to go into it, it may look like a billion crushed stars in there and you can't understand it. But as soon as your brain has a system to convert it into a format that you can interpret, all of a sudden you're, you're on some other world or you're in some other place or you're, you're, you're in this world right now. Do you want, does that make sense? It's a very aha statement. There you go. So would you say that this is uh, the heart of God or an extension of God's awareness? Mm, I don't know if I would go as far as to say that that, that is the, the heart of God or whatever. Look, I absolutely believe in God. I would say if I have to try to find an interpretation for people to understand at this point is I, I like the word the force, okay? And I do believe that there's a counter-destructive kind of energy, okay? So... What is important is, is that we want to still see God, even though people say they don't think of God as some old man with a beard and everything, okay, that God is, is everywhere. It's interesting because people, without realizing it, still want to define God down to a something mm -hmm. because that's how our brain works, okay? The, the truth is, is that I don't see a purpose to that. What I would say is, is that this is a operational place that we can experience of perfection. In a way, you could say it's, it's heaven delegating through these layers of things, okay, that are happening, okay? And it's trying to make sure that they move in a certain way. There's a, there's a law to this dance, if you will, that's happening with these movements of, of light, which is really massive amounts of data for universes, okay? So... In essence, it is a very beautiful, peaceful, powerful, creative place. And this is what, what is transpiring there. And to witness that as a whole, it's again, macro, micro. You're moving out to a micro level, to, to a macro level, to, to witness this massive uh, thing happening in front of you. That takes on a whole nother level of interpretation. And um, that's what I think. I think it wants life. It wants to progress life. It, it is as curious and wondering as we are on a micro level, okay? And that is what that should be. That's what you should, should approach it as. 
That's great. Thank you. Rebel Guru Radio is run entirely as a grassroots effort. That means we couldn't do any of this without our loyal subscribers and fans. And that means you. We don't do outside advertising. The only advertising that we do is for our own products and material. To support our movement and to support us continually putting out more free material for you to listen to and enjoy, please go to rebelgururadio.com, click on the episode of which you're listening, and you will find modules and courses that specifically correlate to the material and the subject matter in that specific episode. Thank you so much for supporting this movement, and we continually look forward to putting out more free content for you. Take care. When I was young, I recall sitting in the back seat of the family car as we drove somewheres, probably just to get away. I remember seeing the rivets of the back seat, the leather contour, the fabric and texture of the floor mat. I was small. I remember looking upward through the window seeing the reflection of the glass of myself, a metal lining along the glass trim. I could only see the trees and the sky moving by. I thought I could touch it, so I did, reaching my hand out the window to touch it. I felt it. I felt the air pushing and moving beneath my hand and the warmth of the sun upon its back. I think it was at that moment I began to awaken, knowing that sometimes when you want to find something, you don't always find it in the way that you think you're going to. You see, my hand, it moved against the wind, pushing weaving, feeling it, touching it, and the sun warming, soothing, healing, and somewhere in between, I flew. Higher balance, we think outside of the box, a new kind of spirituality, a new kind of meditation, a revolution in consciousness. Thank you for listening to Rebel Guru Radio. 